We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, everybody? I'm BJ Kissel. This is KCSN Update, our daily Chief show and podcast here at KC Sports Network. Appreciate you for hanging out and spending part of your day with us. The Prince of YouTube Breakdowns, Brett Coleman, will join me in just a few minutes to help break down his key matchups and what to watch for schematically on Saturday as the Chiefs host the Jaguars in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs, a rematch from the Week 10 game. And so we'll get Brett's thoughts on what's changed for the Jaguars and what Chiefs fans need to be worried about uh, in watching and getting ready for this game on Saturday. But before we bring on Brett, here's a quick word from our partner, DraftKings. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to 50, Super Bowl 57. And for the divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Chiefs are 8.5-point favorites on Saturday with an over-under that's gone from 51.5 up to 53. Bills, last I checked, 4.5-point favorites. Cowboys at 2.5. Eagles at 7. For me, I always like taking the Chiefs and the over, pretty much my go-to. And when you look at the last time these two teams faced, Chiefs racked up nearly 500 yards of offense, turned the ball over three times, and gave up an onside kick. And it didn't matter. We'll see what happens with McCole Hardman. Talked about yesterday, expecting him to play. Did not practice, so that's something to keep in mind as well. But make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code KCSN as new customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, now let's welcome on the prince of YouTube NFL breakdowns, the king of content, Mr. Brett Coleman. Brett, how goes it today? It's going good. Uh, I'm sure I have a lot less anxiety than you do uh, leading into yet another divisional round game for Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, um, thank you. 
are you nervous? Not really. Um, probably a problem. You know, I, I don't get real nervous going into these games and I'm, I'm excited to get your take. And I've shared them the last couple of days on this show uh, with our other hosts. Um, but obviously they have a, they have a, a chief slant to what they look at and you cover the entire NFL. I know uh, you watch the Jags. I know you were watching the Jags chargers game. Excited to get your thoughts on that, but um, not as stressed about the chiefs game as I am about, you know, covering the chiefs with the network and everything that we have going on. KU and K state going at it last night and K state coming out on top. Uh, getting all that covered, and then we're we're both headed out uh, to the East West Shrine Bowl next week uh, to start covering the NFL draft. As for us, we're covering both, trying to keep mentally look ahead at some of the players that are going to be available in the draft and the access and the sit down interviews we'll get with them while we're out there, um, while also covering the Chiefs. And we've got a crew of I think eight people coming with us out to to Las Vegas for a week to cover the oh, East West Shrine all? Bowl. So yeah, <laughs> just rolling with a crew uh, to Vegas this year. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I know we, we met up with you guys out there last year. It's a, it's a great event. Oh, it's super. I mean, it's Vegas. How can you have a bad time? It's Vegas yeah. and you're, and you're watching football and you're, you're sitting on the field at Allegiant. Like it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do every single year. You can stand wherever you want. Like there's no restrictions. Yeah. Like you could, you could basically go in a huddle if you want. No one's really going to look at you sideways. So um, fun. If you, if you like the NFL draft, if you uh, find yourself wanting to, you know, check out players and that's just something that interests you i'd invite you to go out to the east west shrine bowl and watch practices and and get out there it's a whole lot of fun but uh brett speaking of a whole lot of fun i think we've got a good slate of games uh in the division around this weekend before we get into the chiefs jags or any other games that you're really interested in you know keeping an eye on and how these things play out i mean obviously bills Bengals, mainly right. because it's going to determine the other half of the afc championship game but also because both of those teams have developed some pretty intriguing weaknesses based on injuries they've recently taken. Um, you know, the Bills secondary is less banged up now than it was uh, a couple weeks ago, but like they're, it's still a weakness in my opinion. The secondary is still very vulnerable and they're going up against arguably, if not inarguably the best wide receiver duo in the entire league. So it's going to be on them to, basically survive like they're not going to cover them they have to just survive uh and meanwhile the Bengals offensive line super banged up Jonah Williams dislocated his kneecap Chiefs fans know how painful that is um you know Alex Kappa's week the week Lyle Collins is already out so you know will Joe Burrow be able to survive long enough to actually get the ball um (laughs) I think it's it's definitely a, a fascinating matchup and I wish both those teams were at full strength so that we could see you know, them throw haymakers at each other from the best possible positions, but uh, they're not. And I'm not quite sure which one is in worse shape right now. So that game definitely intrigues me. Cool. Yeah, I I think the Bills Bengals is going to be the one that everybody is looking forward to. I was a little surprised that it was the afternoon game uh, mm-hmm. for this one, but I'm also pretty intrigued with the, the Dallas San Francisco, just the Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, um, and the way that the 49ers defense is playing. I'm that one, if Dallas loses that game, I just, I'm not a Dallas fan, not into that, but like, it's just, it'll be really interesting if Brock Purdy goes out and outplays Dak Prescott. I wouldn't be surprised, not necessarily that Purdy would play Prescott, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if the 49ers kind of run them off the field because yeah. that is a machine of a team. Like, Defense even when they stupid. look like they're having an okay day, they're putting up 40 points. It's this is one of the highest levels that I've ever seen the Kyle Shanahan system operated at 
Um, and, and Purdy's running it better than Jimmy G ever did. And Jimmy G took him to a Super Bowl. So it, it, this is, uh, it's fascinating to me, like how good Purdy is with, with this system. And I think we're already at the point where, you know, even when Trey Lance is coming back next year, it's an open competition for the starting job. It really is. Because yeah. the offense, it didn't look like this when Trey was running it. I know we have a small sample size, but like it just didn't. It, it was not this efficient. So, yeah, I, I, I think Dallas is a very talented team. They obviously have a shot, especially if Dak is playing like he was uh, last week. Like he was playing yeah. out of his mind. But, I mean, the 49ers are – they're a doomsday device at this point. Hmm. Yeah. All right, let's get into the Chiefs Jags. That's what this audience wants to hear about. And I'm curious to to get your thoughts. Obviously, we did this show leading into the first matchup between these two teams. And at that time, the Jags were really struggling. I believe they had lost five of six going into that game. I think they were three and seven at that point. And, you know, since losing to the Chiefs 27-17 in that game, they won seven of the last eight games. And they really seem to have figured some things out. Uh, curious. Let's start with the Jags offense. Let's talk with Trevor Lawrence. Cause I've shared my thoughts on him over the last couple of days, uh, on this show with, uh, with Matt Miller, with Nate Taylor. And I want to get your thoughts on what chiefs fans should be worried about and what you expect to happen. I guess, schematically the types of routes, the types of plays, the way that they may t- try and attack this chiefs defense based on what we've seen. And it's interesting. And I don't want to be doom and gloom here. Cause I, I fully understand the Chiefs are favored in this game, and there's a reason they're favored in this game. But if we go back to the first matchup, you know, that week 10 game, it kind of took place right at the beginning of the ascendancy of Trevor Lawrence and the ascendancy mm-hmm. of this team, right? 27-17 seems like the game was fairly well in hand. Keep in mind, Jags missed two field goals in that game, mm-hmm. and they had a, a touchdown call back. It's, it was closer than you think. And I think that schematically looking at how Doug Peterson attacked the Spagnolo defense in that game, and also a little bit of how he attacked the Chargers defense, they had some beaters dialed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was putting together some numbers for this. Uh, you know, the, the Chargers in the first half before they chargered all over the place, uh, they were playing a lot of uh, a lot of cover three, basically into every single look, two by two, three, but when they were playing cover three, and uh, they were doing their best to kind of constrain everything to the middle of the field. We're going to play outside leverage with the DBs. We're going to collision them if they're going outside. We're going to try to funnel everything inside and make Trevor Lawrence throw into a forest of hands. And it was rough. And if you look at the numbers, that will tell you what you want to do. He is much better throwing outside the numbers, outside the hashes than he is Mm -hmm. down the middle of the field. 100%. 100%. And like he, he makes these like far hash outs look easy. Like he throws it like Pat does where you're like, Oh my God, that's insane. But there were some plays against uh, cover three, not an interception, but there was one where he threw a hospital ball where the safety came down and just absolutely detonated his receiver. And like, that was the game plan is force him into making those types of throws. And so then we got into the second quarter, um, like mid to late second quarter and then through the rest of the game where Peterson was like, screw it. We're going to, you know, no more bunches, a lot less two by two. We're going to spread them out and go like three by one, like true spread stuff Mm -hmm. because we want to make it as risky as possible for them to play cover three. And we want them to get more into all the quarters and quarter, quarter, half stuff. And once they did that, 
they completely opened it up. They, they were breaking mm-hmm. all the coverage rules of the Chargers defense. They had the play calls that, you know, put defenders in conflict and basically gave them no win situations. The long Zay Jones touchdown, uh, Zay Jones touchdown was very similar to the same play that I think the Rams ran against the Bears in the first week of the last season, which was another kind of Vic Fangio defense. They played cover eight. It was quarter, quarter, half, half field of the safety or half field safety to the passing strength. They overloaded him with multiple vertical routes and there was nobody to carry it. Mm-hmm. Literally the same play against the same coverage, nobody to carry it. The nickel let the guy go. The safety was already, you know, outside and there was nobody to cover Zay Jones. And I know that's a whole lot of jargon at once, but what I'm trying to say is they went three by one. They forced them into coverages that they weren't playing as much in the first half and then broke their own rules in order to get those touchdowns. And so I was like, okay, well, how does this apply to the chiefs defense? Yeah. The chiefs run less cover three than everyone else in the league, like by Mm. far against um, two by two looks. I think it was like 10%. You know, the average is about 33. So they just don't run it. They run cover two, they run quarters, and they run man. Like those are the the three main coverages they run. If they're going to run any middle field close structure, it's going to be man coverage. Other than that, it's like a lot of cover two quarters, a little bit of quarter, quarter, half, but mostly quarters. And so I'm like, okay, well, Doug Peterson showed in the last game and in the games leading up to it that if you're giving him two high safety structures, He's going to out scheme you like really, really well. He's going to out scheme you. And that's when I went back and looked at week 10. I was like, okay, well, let me look at every single coverage snap in cover two and every single coverage snap in quarters. I'm telling you, BJ, it was dialed up. Like <laughs> it was there. Like Christian Kirk had a monster day and he should have had another 100 right. yards on top of that. There was one big gainer against Tampa two um, where the ball got knocked down at the line of scrimmage. There was two more that were taken away by sacks. Like if the defensive front didn't play out of their minds in that game, Chiefs would have lost straight up. They would have lost. And I, I all this to say, schematically, I am concerned here because the Chiefs do not play the same style of defense that the Chargers played to constrain this defense. And the type of defense the Chiefs play is the exact type of defense that Doug Peterson is really good at exploiting. So like we, we need Chris Jones to play out of his mind. We need Karloftis. We need all these edges. Like they need to have the game of their life because (laughs) schematically speaking on the back end, this favors Jacksonville as weird as that is to say. So if you were Spagnola with the schemes that they run, how would you set it up to not lead yourself into a situation? Cause all the things that we're talking about, I'm assuming Steve Spagnola knows this. They know Doug Peterson. Uh, Mm -hmm. They can look at the film from last week. What would you do differently? I Besides would, tell Chris Jones to have the game of his life. <laughs> I would break tendencies and run cover three seam. I really would. Um, which means, you know, against three by one, depending on who's at the number three spot on the inside, um, I would have different cover three checks depending on how they're lined up. Um, if Christian Kirk is the number three inside, which they love to put him as the number three inside, I would probably... Um, you know, keep the strong safety carrying the the vertical from number two and then have the free Mm -hmm. safety uh, come down um, and, and kind of nail down on the number three. So I I guess we'll just call that quarters. Um, It'll, it'll play out three seam against trips can be kind of funky where it looks a lot like quarters. 
Um, but there's different ways to run cover three against that. Like even the Chargers did that a couple snaps. I really wish they stuck with it. They like I think they kind of got scared out of it a little bit. But like I, you got to run more cover three is what I'm trying to say. Like there's different ways to do it against trips, and they got to do it. Because um, if they don't, I have genuine concern that the deep middle of the field will be picked apart. Um, All right. This is my next question. It. Is if you're a Chiefs fan, you're watching and you're sitting here listening and you're talking about those two high looks pre-snap, somebody doesn't understand the game uh, at your level. Um, what can they be watching for to understand some of the things that you're talking about as far as those two high looks? You're talking about the scene, the middle of the field is going to get attacked if they do what you're telling them you don't think they should, which is set it up for Doug Peterson to be able to attack cover two. That's easy to see with the two high look. What other things can people look for pre-snap to give an indication of whether or not they're breaking tendencies or playing um, you know, cover three and those types of things? If you're on the broadcast angle and you see that the two safeties are high, but you see one is at like 12 yards and one's at 10 yards, you know something funky is happening and one's going to roll down. Um, or if they're even, but you see one of them kind of leaning forward a little bit before the snap, mm. you know one of them, even if he's not explicitly coming down into the hook or you know hauling ass to get out to the curl, sometimes they'll just kind of sit there at about a 10 yard depth and just wait. Cause they know that that's where the curl zone would have been anyway, yeah. or the, or the hook zone would have been anyway. So they'll just, they'll wait for the defense to form and mold around them. So just kind of like watch their stance, watch how deep they are, because I, I do think that Spag, like Spag is a smart coach. He will break tendencies if he needs to. I think they're going to call it more in this game. Cause that's what worked last week. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you should look at. Just look at the safeties and how they're standing and how deep they're standing. All right, more from Brett Coleman right after this. I want to ask him about Trevor Lawrence's numbers against pressure because, shocker, they're not very good, and I want Brett's reasoning why. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, welcome back to KCSN Update. I'm BJ Kissel, joined by YouTube's king of content, Brett Coleman, giving us all the goods on the schematic things to watch for in this game. Just got done talking about Steve Spagnuolo's defense, Doug Peterson's offense, and what he believes the Chiefs should not do to set themselves up for what Doug Peterson has shown to be very, very good at. Uh, One of the things that regarding the Jags that they've shown to not be very good at, uh, two things with with Trevor Lawrence and looking at some of the advanced numbers that stood out to me, Brett, you can kind of uh, give me the the film study uh, breakdown of what these numbers mean. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence, third fastest time to attempt in the NFL uh, in the regular season. The only guys who got the ball out faster were Joe Burrow and Tom Brady, looking at 2.39 seconds. He loves to get the ball out of his hands. And then among qualified quarterbacks, which I put as playing at least 20% of the snaps this year, Trevor Lawrence ranked 34th out of 39 quarterbacks under pressure. Is this an, a lack of ability to get outside the pocket and make plays? Is he just hanging in the pocket waiting for things to develop, or does he have trouble coming off his first read? Because his passer rating, or his his PFF grade, I should say, was like 29 against pressure. Like It was significantly poor, and everybody's a little bit worse under pressure. We know that. But relative to everybody else in the league, he really struggles based on those numbers when there's guys around him or you take him off his first read, is that a fair assessment based on those numbers and how can you rattle him in this way? Off the top of my head, I'd have to imagine the grade as well as the passer rating is heavily affected by interceptions. And I, mm-hmm. I could remember like at least four, maybe five picks where, and especially they were, they were in the red zone. So it was even worse mm-hmm. um, where he was kind of trying to be too anticipatory and, okay. you know, look guys off and then just, you know, kind of feel somebody being open. And then he would come back and rip it and be like, oh, crap, there was a hang defender there. Like the same thing happened against the Chargers. Um, he threw the, the second pick to Asante Samuel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was on a mesh call against cover two. And he's yep. looking at like two hook defenders and he's like, I'm going to hold them on the OTB route over the middle. And I know that Ingram is going to be coming wide open underneath them. We're just kind of create space. And so he's looking, 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 doesn't even look at Ingram and then turns and rips it. And he's like, oh, my God, Asante Samuel's sitting inside, like Mm -hmm. way further inside than he should be on paper. But he didn't look. He just anticipated and tried to feel it and was wrong. Um, And I kind of feel like under pressure when his clock speeds up, he doesn't look. He doesn't glance. He just is just like, I, I I think based on where I see the safeties are that this is going to be open. And he just full confidence just sends it. And yeah. uh, he gets in trouble that way. So I would like for him to learn to glance more. <laughs> and, and I, you know, Pat does a wonderful job at that. Like his eyes process things faster than anybody else where he could just kind of glance at somebody 35 yards away and and know that he can hit it. Like he doesn't. He does do the no look stuff every now and then, but not Mm -hmm. as much as you think. Like he does have good field vision. I want Lawrence to develop that. The other thing about Trevor Lawrence that stood out and looking, and I mentioned it earlier, just it felt like a lot of the plays being made against the Chargers specifically, because I'm not going to pretend to have watched a ton of, of Trevor Lawrence, but the plays being made were the yards after the catch and those things. But the other thing that stood out to me and I'm not trying to hate on Trevor Lawrence. I know he's a good young quarterback, but I saw more free rushers in that game 
than I had seen. Maybe again, it's watching a lot of Patrick Mahomes and they're so dead set on getting the protections right. But the Chargers had at least two or three free rushers that I remember watching in that game, wondering to myself when I saw it, is that just a miscommunication up front that it was just perfectly timed and the offensive line didn't see it? Or is this a young quarterback who doesn't quite have the protection set as consistently as we see with some other quarterbacks where you don't see a lot of free rushers in the NFL at this level, um, especially as you get into the playoffs, these guys are locked in. I could be completely out to lunch here, but I just two or three times a game to get a completely free rusher with nobody getting a hand on him at all. There's obviously a breakdown somewhere. Have you seen this consistently with Lawrence or is just this a good job by the chargers? It's funny because both the chargers and the Jags defense um, were very similar in the sense that they were top, six uh, if i recall correctly I, I was looking at it last week they were i think they were top six both in like amount of fire zone called on third down mm-hmm. and they were both ranked really really high in terms of free rushers generated guys coming unblocked okay. the jags actually led the league in number of unblocked rushers created on fire zone they do it like one and a half times a game um and the chargers are very similar and so i actually wasn't that surprised to see unblock rushers because i'm like yeah that's what they do they're pretty good at that (laughs) and and the jags are going to do it to the chiefs too like obviously they're better at calling protections than most people but like they're they're going to call fire zone a lot and and stress and test those protections and pat statistically speaking is gonna have to deal with it at least once and we'll see how he does All right, let's move on to the other side. Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes going up against this Jags defense and what we saw back in week 10. It's easy for us to look at the box score. Patrick Mahomes, he had 330 yards, four touchdowns. They had 155 yards rushing. Seems like offensively, the Chiefs were able to execute whatever they wanted to do um, based on those numbers. Obviously, the Jags playing better football right now. What what can Chiefs fans take away from that week 10 matchup or what? about what they had success with against that version of the Jags compared to what we're going to see on Saturday with this version of the Jags and the way that they're playing right now. Um, I mean, I, I still have full utmost confident uh, confidence in the offense. Um, I do not think the Jags can cover the chiefs uh, and not just Kelsey. I'm talking about any of them. Like I, I there's, a couple DBs in the Jags secondary, I think, have, are are young and solid, but a lot of the Jags secondary is straight up not good. Um, and so I don't think they have an answer for Travis Kelsey. Um, Kadarius Tony on option routes, I don't think they have any good options for him in the slot. I really do think that this is going to turn into, you know, maybe not a complete shootout, maybe not like a, you know, okay. a 35, 36, but. I don't think either team is going to be held under 24. I think it's going to be somewhere in the high 20s for both teams. It's going to be a very offense-centric game. And truth be told, it might come down to who gets the ball last, which I know is an uncomfortable spot for the Chiefs because they've been burned by that before. But um, it, it really might come down to that. We're recording this on a Wednesday morning. I just wanted to wake up, have my Kool-Aid, and just hear how stress-free this game is going to be on Saturday. Brett, and you're ruining my morning. (laughs) You're ruining my morning right now. But you've been right before, and you've been right this year, and obviously you're uh, very plugged in with all this stuff. So I don't like hearing it, but uh, let's talk a little bit more because schematically, 
what do the Jazz like Jags like to do and what's the best way to attack that so fans that are listening and even for myself can know the types of things to look for, the types of routes, the types of the beaters uh, for the different things that they do. I know we talked about quarter, quarter, half, um, I believe last time when uh, is that the Jags that run a ton of quarter, quarter, half or am I mixing teams up here? Uh, the Vikings do it. The Broncos do it. Uh, basically, all the Vic Fangio guys, uh, Chargers okay. do it a little bit less. But um, the, the the Jags actually run like a lot of middle field close coverages. So it's mostly That's cover right. okay. three and cover one, um, which I again, I think benefits the Chiefs because now they can get a lot. Of, they, have, they have a million ways to beat cover three. But uh, like I think that, you know, we get Travis Kelsey working on sale. We get MVS and Tony working on like spear, like deep crosses, that kind of stuff. Put the free safety mm-hmm. in conflict. Um, you know, use what speed you have. Like I would like to see Kelsey on, um, you know, like a stick nod up the seam, all that kind of stuff that beats these middle field close coverages. And that's part of the reason why I think the Chiefs offense is going to do really well in this game. But the reason why the Jags play those middle field close structures is so that they can call so much fire zone so that there's an extra body down low so that they can send somebody, whether it's the nickel, the will, the mic, the safety. They want to have as many available resources to get after the quarterback as humanly possible. So they will send five-plus rushers quite frequently at Mahomes. And to be honest, they'll send them at at Pacheco too. They're not afraid to call it on early downs. Mm -hmm. They're really not because they can kind of stop the run on the way to the quarterback. And if they get a free fitter coming off the edge against the run, they'll still take the TFL. Um, you know, so I, I am not, uh, I'm not super worried about it because the chiefs are very good in terms of identifying and handling pressure, but you need to be aware they're going to see it quite frequently. Um, and I don't expect to see a whole lot of cover too. don't expect to see a whole lot of quarters. If they play quarters, it's going to be probably in very certain downs and distances, you know, third and long, that kind of stuff. And it's, it's going to be more like, we're just putting a tent over the top of the offense rally and tackle that kind of stuff but uh lots of middle field close lots of blitzes all right more from brett coleman get his predictions right after this quick break you're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in kansas city kc sports network we'll be back right after this when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. And welcome back to KCS and Update. Hanging out with Brett Coleman uh, from his, you know, YouTube channel, Brett Coleman, but also from Bootleg Football. He put out a lot of good stuff across the entire NFL with his partner EJ Snyder. Let's get a little prediction, Brett. You just 
threw wet blanket all over my Chiefs hype and how excited I was getting for Saturday. I'm just giving you a hard time, but uh, I was a little bit more excited about this game than I am right now. I'm a little more nervous than I was before. But let's get your prediction. How do you see this one playing? I know you mentioned earlier, probably some sort of shootout, but uh, how do you see this one playing out? There's two answers to this. There's the money line answer, hmm. and there's the spread answer. Um, <laughs> I predict the Chiefs to win, okay, which I know for a lot of Chiefs fans is all I care about. Um, but if you're betting on this game, Eight and a half dogs, Jacksonville. Really? Eight and a half? That's how aggressive we're going with that? Hell no. I think Jags keep it closer than that. Um, I They should have kept it closer last time. Like, again, we're talking about two missed field goals and a touchdown callback. Like, even if we... The Chiefs had three turnovers and they gave up an onside kick. To be fair. I'm just saying, like, if... if they four if, extra if, possessions. All, all, hey, Chargers had five extra possessions. And they that's lost. the Chargers. You can't put them in any kind of box compared to anybody else. That, that's that is the Chargers. That's who they are. From a schematic perspective, I do not feel that the difference between these teams is eight and a half points. Okay. You could convince me on like three or four, um, and so for me, I'm betting the Jags to cover, but I'm also betting the Chiefs to win. Which at the end of the day that punches their ticket to host in the AFC championship in Arrowhead. So I'm sure you think they will take that. So you're assuming that Cincinnati is going to win that game because otherwise they are hosting that game at the Mercedes Benz Superdome in Atlanta. Oh, the Chiefs right. fans want to go. They the... can expend a measly $1,600 per ticket right now to go yeah. to Atlanta to watch them play in the AFC championship game. I totally forgot about the neutral site. Um, yeah. People here didn't season ticket members. Not I mean, for good so reason. I understand why they did it, though. Yeah. Like, I totally, like, and, and it, there was kind of a no-win situation. Bengals fans are even more pissed than Chiefs fans. And they should be. They, they want this yeah. to be a neutral site game. I, I, I agree with that. I, I understand Chiefs fans are upset. You want to go by the letter of the law, like all of those things. But when you just step back and just kind of look like what makes the most sense, like not about like the hard rules, but just Buffalo beat Kansas City. Like that's the yeah. part that if the Chiefs would have beat the Bills, then something like this played out. However, with the, the win loss record, it, I'd feel differently. But because they were a game short, they win that game. They're hosting, and I know a lot of people thought Cincinnati was going to win that game, and that wouldn't have mattered. But they didn't get a chance to play that. Even if they did, you have the same record, um, or if they would have ended up with the same record and they beat us, it's different. I, I feel bad for season ticket members that buy season tickets for the opportunity to go to these games and watch the confetti fall uh, at an AFC championship game because of how special that is. Um, but yeah, but I, let's uh, also be honest. The chiefs got the best end of the stick in the sense that they just said, yeah. okay, here's your bye week. Like you, yeah. you just got given the bye, So you still ended up. Okay. You know, the you two got teams that got the more raw end of it are the two teams that the chiefs lost to <laughs> this season. Mm -hmm. They lost to both of those teams. And so I understand again, the season ticket member frustrations about wanting to go to that game, but from a competitive advantage and just from an NFL, like global perspective, the chiefs got the better end of how this all played out for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things where like, it sucks, but like a guy almost died on the field. So things, yeah. you know, circumstances were different, you know, yeah. it's just, it, it is what it is, and it was horrible all around. And we can just be happy he made it, and that it wasn't even worse. And you know, see you in the Super Bowl, folks. Like that's that's <laughs> what we're hoping for here.
Yeah. All right. Let's get your thoughts real quick on the rest of the games uh, for the playoffs to to kind of set up Brett Coleman's predictions on what the championship weekend is going to look like is we'll be hanging out in Vegas. You come hang out with us for the AFC championship. I don't know what you guys are doing for that, but uh, you come hang out with us in Las Vegas since we'll be out there uh, watching the Chiefs uh, hopefully play uh, if they take care of business against the Jags. But uh, how do you see the rest of these games? Let's start with the rest of the other AFC game. How do you see Bills and Bengals playing out? Um, I see the Bills winning barely, okay. barely. Um, and then I, I see the Chiefs winning not barely, but closer uh, than last time. And so, you know, I unfortunately for the season ticket holders, I see Bills Chiefs uh, in the AFC championship game down in Atlanta uh, with perfect temperature and no snow and no wind and two crazy ass arms throwing <laughs> the football around. So, you know, God, I wish it was in Vegas. That would have been. I thought there was a chance. I don't know if it was ever even entertained, but I was like, you know what? They're set up. They've got staff out there because the Shrine Bowl is going on. They could put a game in there easily. They've got all the hotels. The Pro Bowl is getting ready to be out there. There's some synergies there. Thought it made sense. And then somebody said that somebody told me that Buffalo wasn't traveling west of Kansas City. Like they weren't going to travel that much further. They're going to stay on the East Coast somewhere. But they're traveling. I mean, they're north of Kansas City and they're traveling further south. Well, I'm I, I, okay. I don't know. All right. <laughs> They'd want to make it easier for their fans to get there, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but okay. it doesn't really matter for either fan base if tickets are $1,600, which may have just been the one place I looked, but they were like five times as expensive as any other playoff ticket. I would think the NFL would supplement the cost to to help drive it down. Like, I don't really? know. <laughs> you really? I, if I was running the league, you know, like it's sixteen hundred dollars yeah. is ridiculous. I don't even think it even costs that much an Arrowhead. No, like not even close. So I don't know. That seems that seems like are, right. are they jacking up the prices to reward the Falcons for stepping in and hosting it, or they just know that it's going to be not a full stadium, and so they're trying to offset the number of tickets they're not going to sell by just gouging the people that can't afford to go and making them pay that premium because they'll make up that money you know would make it a full stadium seats. not having expensive tickets <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you lowered the price more people would go oh god whatever that's a i'm not, I'm not an nba podcast. so i can't tell the nfl what to do i'm sure they're maximizing their revenue and uh how many fans have the ability to go to that game and season ticket members is probably not um atop their list based on at least the prices that we've seen. So let's get out, get over to the NFC side, giants, Eagles, another fun one. Um, if you like just old school NFC East rivalry action football, like this is a fun one. I've seen some of the signs coming out of Philly already. Uh, that would definitely be one of those atmospheres that as somebody that doesn't really care who wins that game, that would just be a fun game to be at in that environment with Philly fans. But how do you see that one playing out, Brett? Um, I, I still see the Eagles winning that game. I think the giants are a legitimately good team and their run game is phenomenal. Like that, mm. that's, that's what really, um, I love the most, how they design their run game and the passing game is okay, but Daniel Jones played really well, super efficient, made no mistakes. Um, you know, set guys up for great yards after catch opportunity. Um, but I, I do think that, there is still a lack of quick strike ability 
other than Saquon breaking a run. Um, mm-hmm. They still did not have any pass attempts under 20 yards or over 20 yards against yeah. the Vikings defense, who are really, really bad. So I, I think that it's more of a we will grind you into dust type team rather than somebody who when they go down, they can take shots and come back uh, like basically every AFC team that's left in the field. So I do think that they have their limitations matchup wise, but they are not an easy team to beat. They really aren't. They play tough defense and they run the ball well. And in these colder months, that goes a long way. All right, let's move on to the other game. I already know that you're taking the Niners, but I'm curious if there is a game that you would hammer the line more than the Niners being favored by four points. The Niners are only favored by four? Mm-hmm. Huh. At home. That seems low. Like, yeah. I don't think they're going to blow them out by 10 points, but four seems slightly low. I would yeah. lean more on like, six or seven, you know, like that, that feels more comfortable to me. So yeah, I I would, I would take Niners to cover that for sure. Of the four games, that's the line that it's like, okay, I would take the Niners for sure there with their defense, the way that they're playing. And um, I would take Niners at four, parlay that with Jags at eight and a half and, and sleep like a baby. I really would. I can't wait to doing this video next week in person with you from Vegas after the chiefs win by like, 25 points it's just going to be me <laughs> dunking on brett the entire time i'm just throwing that out there right now all right final thoughts before we let everybody go uh favorite storyline going into this weekend before we say goodbye uh ascendancy of young quarterbacks you know trevor mm-hmm. lawrence you know making his first not deep playoff run yet, but first playoff run, you know, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. I think the dichotomy between the number one overall, the chosen (laughs) one, the guy who was it since high school versus, you know, Brock Purdy who (laughs) turned down Nick Saban because Nick Saban had no idea who he was. He didn't even know that he was offered and he was a four star and said, you know, I'm going to go to Iowa state where I'm appreciated. And he's this little dude. He's like five eleven, you know, hundred pounds soaking wet last pick in the draft. I think, from a storyline perspective, if the Chiefs are not in the Super Bowl, I want the Jags there because number one versus Mr. Irrelevant is just too good to pass up. That would be that would be pretty good. Uh, good stuff. All right. We've got plenty more content getting you ready for Chiefs and Jags on Saturday here at KC Sports Network. Special thanks to Brett Coleman for hanging out with us. We'll be in person with Brett and several others out at the East-West Shrine Bowl next week, but we'll continue to have you covered, uh, hopefully as the Chiefs are getting ready for an AFC Championship game, either against the Bengals at Arrowhead or against the Bills down at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Appreciate everybody for hanging out, spending part of your day with us. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.